Welcome to Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all their ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. Education. More specifically, arts education and teaching dance within a school system. Mm -hmm. So, Danielle and I both teach for the New York City school system. And we've mentioned this before in different aspects, but it's very different, the struggles that you go through when you're a part of someone's school day versus an after-school program or a or, selected program that you even, pay for. Yeah, and even a, a studio teacher, too. Like, there are just different things that happen when you're employed by a school yes. full-time. So, the starting right off the bat, being second to academics. Now, I don't mind this. Academics are a wonderful thing. They are in school to learn. What is frustrating is that when we become second fiddle to academics, unnecessarily, or for no real reason. Like, mm-hmm. there are times where, like, or put it this way. So, when we're in the academic setting, we are responsible for putting up shows. That is how the students earn their grades. That is what the funding that we are there for. Like, they want shows at the end of each semester. That is a given. Like, if we don't put up the shows, there's lots of yelling that will happen and firing mm-hmm. and things of that sort. So nothing frustrates me more than I will be teaching a class and a professor, or professor, a teacher will come in and pull my students for like a random paperwork thing that could have been, that they could have done in homeroom or could have done during lunch or could have done later in the day. I actually had that happen today in one of my classes where like one of my seniors had like a packet of paperwork to fill out and literally the teacher came in and pulled them out of class and I was like, it's my first day with them. Like I'm going over like my rules for the semester, like can you not pull them right now? Like, they really need to hear all this stuff because it's stuff that matters for their graduation, for mm-hmm. their arts credit. And he was like, oh, but they really need to fill out their packets, and I didn't have them done this morning doing homeroom. And I was like, so because you didn't do your job, right. they're going to miss out on what they need to get their arts credit to graduate. Right. And he's like, oh, well. And then my boss walked in to hand me, like, more paperwork that my kids needed to fill out. And she was like, no, they'll do it during your time. Why are you interrupting another teacher? And I was like, win for me doesn't always happen. (laughs) Right. Well, so my biggest thing is, like, we have testing that goes on, and it's individual testing for certain things like reading or certain certain math things where the kids have to get pulled, and it's individual. And usually they're not long. Like, a couple of the math tests, they're usually, like, no more than 10 minutes, like, Mm. tops. Sometimes the reading can take a while, depending on how much they've grown. So it's a thing that happens, and you know what? It's it's sometimes it's frustrating as we get closer to the end of the semester in mm-hmm. the show. But I'm like, it's doable because they get pulled once, and then they're done for that semester. Now I know that this year, with us having third grade, they start state testing, and that's going to be a whole new beast to tackle. I do know that you know with testing, there are certain things like classes will get canceled because they need to have tutoring sessions during dance, art, and sports. And now, do I do I necessarily agree with this? No, but this is part of what I've signed up for, so I have to be prepared to make sure that my shit, my dances, and everything they need to learn is done in time. So if yes. there becomes a lapse in classes due to tutoring and such, or even just tests, like testing days, they're not losing enough. So I am big, big, big on, 
you know, making sure I can get a lot in during my technically 45 minutes of class. You know, and um, I know the big thing for me, because like I go through that all the time, is that like I just forewarned me if we're going to have a canceled class, because again, I do my lesson planning, too. And like with me, especially like for I know my high school kids, we I will do they love doing mixes. So I will do a whole section or a whole chunk of music per week. Mm-hmm. One week, I literally like woke up to go to work and I woke up to an email from uh, one of the other arts teachers being like, we're not in today. And I was like, what do you mean we're not in today? I was just up. You know, I was up to about a good midnight editing music for this week's set of classes so I could be ready. I was like, what do you mean we're not in today? She's like, I'm already at the school. They're saying they added an extra PSAT testing date or an ex- you know, an extra SAT and ACT testing date, pre- uh, extra prep time for them. And I was like, while those things are important, how come I didn't get an email on Fridays mm-hmm. to, to know that I'm not working half the week, the work week, first of all, so that affects my own money. But, like, also, I would have, like, prepped a different, like, I would have accommodated to that lesson plan had, having known. Right. So that's that's my thing is, like, having no going and knowing that yes. this is going to be the schedule, this is what you're going to have to do. I'm like, I can okay, it's frustrating, you. but I can support you. Exactly. We can make it work. But it's like, and this has already happened this year to me, being pulled to, and it goes both ways. I've had being pulled to cover for someone else and my class getting canceled, yes. which is extremely frustrating because as exhausting as it is to teach dance, I plan my stuff per week with a goal, with an end goal in mind. Yes. That we're getting specific content in, which then plays into our choreography, and we're also learning choreography. We don't have a lot of time. A lot of my classes I only see once a week because I see, you know, 13 classes right now. I only see them once a week. So we got to get in content, and we've got to get in choreography because... I'm also the teacher was, this is an arts education. I'm in this school. I'm employed by this school. It's not just about learning choreography. It is about right. learning all of the, the content and the principles and the basics and the techniques and all of the lessons and the different components. But then I've also had the situation happen to me this year where another sports coach got pulled to cover a class, certain class for a whole week. And the art teacher and I were told because he can't teach his sports classes art and dance are going to take on extra classes but now i'm like okay well i don't my lesson again my lesson plans are not prepped and set for me to see certain classes too or even some of them last week three times a week i have to redo all of them Mm -hmm. i have to make sure everyone still stays on the same page because as anyone will tell you when i can't keep all my third graders on the same page all my second graders on the same page i've literally gone to class and been like did we do this yet? And I've had to ask the kids. Or my thing is, so I do the same thing too. I introduce a move one week and then the following week it goes into the choreo. And the yeah. end of the week it goes into the choreo. Where literally I started teaching a combo that they didn't learn. In, they didn't have any of the foundation work or any of the moves to. And I was like, wait, why don't you guys know this? I was like, what's the last thing that you know? And they, I think it was like they were on like Batma. So like there was no way they were on leaps. Like we yeah. hadn't even made it to leaps yet. And I'm like... Oh, cool. So we're not, literally, they were like two weeks behind the other seventh grade class. And I was like, I don't know how to get you up to par. Like, I don't know how to get you caught up so quickly. And the problem that I have is that, like, a lot of my kids want to dance elsewhere or dance elsewhere. So a lot of my middle schoolers 
are auditioning for arts high schools the following year or in the fall of a year or a lot of my high school kids are going into college programs or they're trying to do like dance teams within mm -hmm. their you know communities or whatever so like I have to hit certain core principles because I'm their primary dance teacher mm -hmm. and if I don't then you know I'm sending out a child into the world that doesn't know to point right. their toes or well, you know that's anything. the same thing like I just think it's important to have a full rounded true dance education and I think it's amazing that these schools are letting us do it so I'm going to teach that yes and also yeah it's like like I have a class I have one class that I see and for a multitude of reasons they've skipped a couple of days of class with me or their classes have been shortened yep. and the problem is I also have a level of which I do my shows at now mm -hmm. and I have a standard of of how they run and the choreography you should see and I try to make it appropriate for each class you know some classes are more advanced than others but I try to push all my kids and I try to implement a couple of different components we've talked about in the dance as well as dance moves this is a class now that it's almost October and they're their dance for the show is going to suffer. And the kids notice and they recognize mm -hmm. when they know when their dance is not the best. They know when their dance is not as challenging as the yes. other classes. And then they get upset. They know. And it's hard for me to explain. Well, guys, like when, I haven't seen you. When I, yeah. when I don't see you due to your own, due to the fault of your own be doing, we can't learn all this stuff we need to learn so that when I go to teach a dance move, you're all just like, okay, great. Got it. And then we can't do it in the dance. I actually went through this last year with one of the residencies that I had is that they were missing so many days. Again, I did not choose the show day. It was the other teacher that's like the department head chose the show day. And it, even when she said it, it made sense to me. But my instincts were like, this is not going to make sense. So I was like, but it'll be fine. Eighth grade field trip. Eighth grade graduation mm -hmm. rehearsals, which pet peeve. I think I talked about that in the graduation episode last year. I mm -hmm. despise like graduating anything that's not leaving high school. So like it was all like it was like another salsa competition. It was like all these other things that kept getting in the way of me seeing this one eighth grade class with my strongest dancer. So I was always like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like I can't. I don't see you enough. Or the kids are like, mm -hmm. How come their dance is this good? And how come yeah. their dance is this good? So it just became. Uh, a constant fight with, you know, trying to get them balanced out for academics. Um, and the next big issue that comes along with balancing and fighting for academics is budgeting and funding for programs. So, without getting too political, due to the budget that was proposed by the current administration, a lot of funding for arts programs have been cut nationwide. Mm -hmm regardless of how you vote it, that is just currently how it is. You can, there's research out there easily, easily Googleable, Googleable, Googleable. Uh, so I have, I know, especially in the public sector of education, there's just programs that are being cut. And like, there's one school where literally our workload increased, but our pay didn't increase because they could not afford to hire an extra teacher this year. And so that created a huge kind of like, backlog or more wanting them wanting and requiring more work from us the teachers that were there or sometimes just more paperwork we had to have a conversation about them paying us for it because we're um my group we're all hourly so we had to have a conversation about paying us for prep time simply mm -hmm. because it's like you yep. they wanted to apply to more grants to try to compensate for more money which means they need more lesson plans and resumes and things like that for us but that also means we have to sit down and do these lesson plans and resumes and so 
it just requires a lot of extra timing from us. And then, you know, other things suffer, you know, like other resources suffer, like costumes and set pieces, you know, all that suffers when we're fighting for a budget to just pay the teachers to be in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I, that is another big thing that I would say that like, is I know is a huge issue in arts education. It's actually why the company that I work for is started because like they found, like the company I work for finds grants and scholarships for arts to be back in schools. And I can tell you now in New York City, a mecca of the arts, you know, where we have places like Broadway or Madison Square Garden where there's always some type of arts type mm-hmm. event happening. There are schools that I've walked into and they go, we're so glad to have you. We haven't had arts in four years because there's been no money for it, you know, or, you know, we haven't had a full-time dance teacher or we haven't done a musical in like six years. And I'm like, to me, it felt like it's odd to not have those classes. Like, I can't imagine going to elementary school and not having, like, we had like music. Yeah, we had, and music, we had music and art. Same. We had music, art, and gym. Yes, and gym and every then, week. Yeah. Every week, and then when you got older, if you, you know, in music, you could do an instrument, you could have, mm-hmm. you could go into band and orchestra as well. Yep, or chorus. And, and like, then, and then in, um, middle in school, middle school, theater, we theater had. Theater showed up, because they did Into the Woods, I remember. We, well, yeah. yeah, we had, we didn't have theater classes, but we did school musicals in, in middle school, and we had chorus you could take as a class, and we had show choir, which was like an extra curricular, but you had to like audition to yep. get in it was at school we had show choir yep, i remember show choir and then god in, i hated those dresses on those girls they were so ugly <laughs> the girls were lovely the I'm dresses were awful <laughs> and then in and then in in um high school we had we had even some more stuff and um like some more options so it oh yeah is, we had insane options it is really in sad especially when um a lot of these kids it's their outlet and it's a, a lot of times it's it's how they are able to express themselves that they can't talk about it or they don't know how to elsewise and it also for some of them it's easier for them to make these they learn something in math or science or mm-hmm. history or writing and then all of a sudden I try to pull in that component of okay we're talking about shapes and dance we're doing a pleat with my little kids my my kindergartners when I teach plays in first positions and I did this today with one of my classes I said does anyone notice a shape when I do a plea and all the kids are like oh my gosh it's it's a diamond you make a diamond mm-hmm. and it's like you're able to combine those worlds and then they're able to be like I recognize this shape I recognize that shape I see that you can make this with your body or by doing this and it's super and I mean obviously I'm talking just in dance but it's super important to be able to have those outlooks because they do help kids grow in their STEM classes. Oh, completely. Because I know the big thing for me is like languages. So again, any core dancer that starts in the ballet world, you're learning French. There's no ifs, ands, or buts yep. about it. Yep. So like, what was so funny is that like, I, I, I would never claim to speak French fluently, but I've taken enough dance classes to where like, Someone could speak French around me and I would get it. That, that's how I And then one of my partner teachers is from Africa and she speaks French. Her first language is French. So she would constantly speak French around me all the time. And I would know what she was saying. And I remember us getting assigned to a school where they had two new students that were from France. And everyone else in the school spoke English or Spanish. And so the teacher, like, we were walking down the hall and I was talking her through, like, a combo I was teaching, all using French terms. And she was like... That sounds like French. I was like, well, it is French. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have a student that would, like, love to meet you guys. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Like, send him down to the dance studio. And he, like, 
kid looked miserable. Yeah. He was a sixth grader. I remember he looked just absolutely miserable because he's at school and he can't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and literally she, the teacher walked in when she's like, he only speaks French. He's trying so hard. You're like, he really is trying. And everyone, she's like, everyone is trying as hard as they can, but there's just a language barrier. And I was like, what? And so I was like, yo, like pulled my partner over. I was like, speak French to him. She's like, what? And so she started speaking French to him and like watching his face light up. And like, he would just go, like he started rambling and telling her everything that's mm -hmm. happened at this school since it happened. And so literally like every day he would come by the dance studio and he would have like a list of questions mm -hmm. that she would translate into French for him, like French, in between French and English, just so he could understand. But they wouldn't be like, some of it would be like academic questions of like trying to explain math in a whole nother language is quite difficult. But sometimes it was just like, what does this like colloquial American thing mean? Right. All my friends are saying, literally it was like my, all my friends are saying DAP. I don't understand what DAP means. Yeah. You know? And so she explained that to him. And so I just I just think the arts, and particular dance and theater, well, even with music, all of the arts have a such support for languages and mm -hmm. other cultures. Yes, that bleeds into every part of your life because it, the the excitedness. Like we actually have the same thing. We have a, we have a kindergartner who speaks French at home, so I think French is his first language, and, and he can speak English fine, and mm -hmm. he can understand fine, but. You can definitely tell there's some stuff that he's a little slower to the uptake because he speaks French at home. The language barrier, yeah. And he's five. And the having teaching, you know, plies and releves and tendus and starting to pull out those terms. And I always ask the kids, I always do a little quiz at the beginning of the class. Okay, who can remind me what does a plie mean? Who can tell me what it's a releve? And he gets so excited to answer the question because mm -hmm. he knows the answer and he can do it where sometimes some other stuff during the day he's not sure of and it exactly. gives him that confidence to then go back to class and go I can do this I like being in school the same thing with like I teach at a predominantly Caribbean and African-American and Indian based community um like India Indian and during um Black History Month I do a whole during February I do a whole month-long lesson we start at the top Meaning we start with in Africa, we mm -hmm. talk about African dances, we go through slavery, we talk about the juba, we talk about how it moved into tap, we talk about minstrel shows, mm -hmm. we talk about how it created hip hop, we talk, we talk about all of it. And I go through all of it as much as I can in just that short amount of time, but I make sure it is something I touch upon during Black History Month. The light I see in these kids' eyes where they just are able to connect to stuff that they've heard from grandparents, family members, stuff they've seen when and they've they, visited, mm -hmm. visited or even their, in their parents' own history countries. clashes. Yes. And their I, history classes. And then even things like, oh my even their their own, you know, 2018 cultural things where they're like, they're like, well, that's, you know, that's the dance we do in Juju on that beat, or that's, um, what am I thinking of? Like, that's the, oh, they, like, uh -huh, say some Kelly. other moves, and I'm like, you guys, That this dance is, is older than everyone. Right, ever. and it, it, <laughs> yep. it, but it's so interesting, like, they love learning that stuff. Or I know something that I've had happen before at a show is that a father came up to me, and I was like, oh, God, I'm about to get yelled at for something I made his daughter do on stage, and it's like, ah, okay, so I'm, like, arming up my defenses, and he, like, big, huge, tall black dude. And he's like about to cry. And I was like, oh my God, what, like, how badly did I mess up for him? And he goes, I want to thank you. He goes, I, he was like, I was born in the Caribbean and I haven't been able to go back, you know? And like my daughter, he's like, I've always tried to explain these dances and like 
everything to my daughter. And to see her on stage doing these dances, like, that are from my home yeah. country that, like, he's, like, now that she knows these, I can, you know, like, I yeah. want to go back. I want to take her back to my home country even more. And so, like, it just made, like, it was a connection from a father to a daughter that I was I was just teaching a Caribbean combo. Right. Like, that's all I was thinking. But it just went so much deeper. And... For him. Yes. And that and that's the thing that like I again I will always appreciate about the arts is that there's always something deeper about them and there's always something else to connect to. And also, I know all of my arts teacher I was always closer to in school. Yeah, same. So like there that I have learned the reverse out of that being a teacher now in schools that literally I there are certain schools I'm only in like the end of the day. Um and I'm there was one school I was only there for like fifth and sixth period, which is the very end of their school day. And so, like, I walked in the room and, like, everyone, all the kids are being weird. I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And it's like, we'll tell you when, like, class starts and it's, like, justice in the room. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. Somebody got into a fight and this person did this. Like, it was a really bad situation. I was the first teacher that they told. Mind you, I was, like, the fifth or sixth class they've had that day. And I was like, why have we not, like, this needs to go to the principals. Like, I literally got hit. We don't trust anyone else but you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? But again, I know that I felt that general connection with my arts teachers, that I could talk about things that I couldn't talk about with a math or science teacher yeah. or an academics teacher, but were just as vital. Like if I didn't have that encouraging adult or that adult to be like, you're being a child, you're being stupid, or you do need to talk to an adult about, you know, we do need to talk about the prop with the proper adults about this. Like, those connections and things like that are just irreplaceable in an educational setting. Yeah. And I think, again, they just go, they they go underestimated. Yeah, and I think that we, there are so, you know, obviously I don't, I don't work in education policy and I don't work with the budgets and all of that, but if there... I do, and it's a pain. If don't there do is it. a way <laughs> for you to, you know, I'm, I'm hired by the school. I work full-time, I'm hired by the school I work at. But if there's even a way for you to get grants or do you, there's so many different companies that hire mm-hmm. all sorts of art teachers to come in for a couple of hours throughout the day and teach classes, like anything you can do to try to get arts in your school. If you do work for a school or in a school, it is really important because, you know, sometimes these these kids don't even know how they're going to react to it. And it ends up being what you know, what they want to be with forever. Oh, yeah. And I would even go as far... I mean, I've had that happen before where literally, like, it was a theater class and I was like, write your own monologue. And I had a kid, like, write this crazy, insane monologue and then, like, cut to the line. He's in school. He's in college now to be a writer. And I was like, oh, we were just writing monologues. Like, literally... Yeah, you just... You really You never, never know what know. path it's going to take. You never, never know. A lot of the best public speakers say, I did theater all growing up and oh, yeah. I realized that... I didn't want to stay in theater, but there was something about speaking in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. you know, that I just got a rush from it and I enjoyed and I was so good at. You, that doesn't randomly just happen. No, there these these things all happen from having arts in the school. Uh, and two more things I do want to touch on. And I yes. know we kind of talked on, on these a little, well, I know at least one or two of these we talked about a little bit before, is uh, time limits and, like, administration. So as far as, like, time limits go... There is never enough time. No. Never. And so what's funny, I, I learned, uh, I started in the theater world. And in the theater world, time is money. So I already kind of had, like, knew the urgency of creating very quickly. 
And then I started working in the educational system where your dance class ain't two hours. Mm-hmm. Your dance class ain't an hour and a half. Your dance class ain't oh your dance class ain't an hour. It's and usually forty five yep, minutes. And you're lucky to see them more than once a week. As oh I, yeah. I knew this. I knew that this year, as we expanded as a school, I was going to see the majority of my classes One once a week. week besides yep. my older kids that I see twice a week. I knew it was coming. I knew it. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's coming. I got to be really on top of my game this year. I got to start choreography early because I'm only going to see them once a week. I've got to prep videos so teachers teachers in their homerooms can show videos, like all this stuff. And now we're we're in it and I'm like... It's really hard to see them only once a week. Oh, yeah. I've gone through this before. Where, Again, I work for a company. Or, so, like, I am DOE, or Department of Education. But I'm a part of a program that sends us into schools that, again, cannot afford to have us full time. So, I will end up, easily end up at multiple schools through the course of a week. Google Calendar and being crazy is just how you make it through. But that thing of literally only seeing a group of kids once a week. Like, I see a group of kids now twice a week. And I'm over the moon that I get to see them. Mm-hmm. But the thing with it, like, you don't retain things from week to week. You have to constantly review. So, like, I had to, like, adjust my own expectations of, like, what they would remember. Well, Especially depending on what's going on in the school. Because right. I literally had a group of juniors that just did, like, SAT testing. Right. So, like, I finished yeah. half the dance. They did SAT, t- SAT testing. And then we got back. And they remembered nothing. And right. I was, like, so angry. And one of my favorite students came up to me and she was like... I understand that we are not giving you what you want, but like, literally, you have in your class the valedictorian and salutatorian. We are the smartest kids in our class, so you know we were studying very hard for our test. I was like, I remember. She's like, it's not like we forgot it. It just wasn't the focus for like two weeks. No. Please forgive us. And And I was like... You're right. I need to be more forgiving. It's so fair. And it always turns out in the end. But it's hard. And something I want to touch upon real quick is like, it's hard work. It's really, really. So being a teacher in general is hard work. You are responsible for the well-beings of children for, what is it, six to eight hours a day? I would kill for and six, then, like eight hours a day. Right. And Sometimes then, longer with after top, schools. Right. And then on top of that, you also have to teach them things and prep them for tests and make sure that they're actually comprehending and, you know, can do projects and answer questions and all of this stuff. So that's already exhausting. Being a dancer or a dance teacher at a studio is exhausting. You're constantly having to come up with choreography and make sure it gets done in a timely manner and make sure it's clean, make sure everyone looks good. And then you put, you marry the two. And I'm trying to teach components and content and different subject matters. And I'm trying to teach dance history at mm-hmm. the same time because I'm in a school it and I'm to trying to and time. technique because I'm also trying to and I'm also trying to get a show prepared. It's extremely exhausting. And then when you have something like this past week, I, I took on a couple extra classes due to, you know, some teachers being sick and some stuff like that going mm-hmm. on. My normal day usually consists of about four classes and then after school club, so let's call it five. And um, but last week, so we'll call yeah, so like four classes plus after school is five. Last week I was at like six classes plus after school or five classes, so I was on an average teaching six to seven. When it all averages out at the end of the day, pretty much six to seven hours of dance last yeah. week a day. Yep. That is insane. 
That is absolutely insane. Your body, it takes a toll on your body. Your body, I came, I was, I came home last week and I would just lay on the couch and not be able to move because I was like, I'm so physically exhausted and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it again tomorrow. Everything hurts. So it's remembering and a reminder to all my like amazing, our, not even just our teacher friends, but our just like friends who are not even in the arts or who are in the arts but don't teach like teaching marrying those two is one of the most exhausting jobs you can ever choose to get because the thing that you also forgot to mention we we're dealing with little people that have thoughts feelings and emotions mm -hmm. and don't know how to deal with thoughts feelings and emotions you know because nothing again as a as a male dance teacher nothing is more difficult as is having a bunch of middle school girls and middle school boys that are going through puberty for the very first time while dancing and being in close proximity to each other. So like, I, I'm also having, you know, I'm having conversations about showering and wearing mm -hmm. deodorant, you know? And like, change, make, did you change your shirt? Is that the same pair of sweatpants you had on yesterday? Like, so I'm having all of these conversations and dealing with the emotion of this person, like, ah ha ha, he's smelly kid and all of right. this. All of this is happening while we're still, you know, trying to learn proper technique, dance history. Like we're learning all these components all together. And none of this could happen without a really great administrator. Mm -mm. I have had really great ones, and I have had some that I wish I could punch in the face. Mm. Yeah. An administrator, principal, uh, assistant principal, uh, head of networks, um, oh God, uh, school board. Like, I've had everyone above and all kinds of titles that I can't even think of. If they're not on board with you, it it's an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Like I have been in those schools before, where literally, essentially, we got pulled. We got pulled into a school. It was already paid for, and then the current administration got fired. So we had a whole new set of administration at the school. This is my worst nightmare because they did not want us here. That principal saw no benefit in the arts whatsoever. He was like, he was from a military background, taught at military schools, uh, so like he saw no. The arts were just a waste of funding. So he's mad that several thousand dollars have been allocated to a dance and a music teacher for the entire school year. Like, he is furious, but he's like, hey, he already paid our company. He's like, you have to be here. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, And it would be a little stuff like, um, can we use the auditoriums on these days? I don't know why you need the auditorium any other day than the day you're going to perform. Okay, well, like, the, are the kids not going to be, like, we they should be able to practice. Don't you like practice military drills in the space? You can use any space as adequate. I was like, well, like, I can't use a hallway because mm -hmm. there's like classes. So like, that's an issue. He's like, fine, we'll find you a classroom. And then like one day I, again, I'm teaching dance. So there's like music playing. Your music is so loud. Everyone around you can't work. I said, well, the two classrooms beside me, those teachers aren't planning right now because I have their kids. So like, there's no, no one's, no one's bothered. My music's just loud. Yeah. Is it like, is it so loud that you can like hear it down the hallway? Like, I don't mind cutting it down. Do you really need music to teach dance? I'm like, when I tell you these are legitimate questions that I was yeah. just like raging with, I'm like, okay, so it, I'm here. You know that I'm here. You know the money is paid. I'm not going to quit. So I don't know really what you want me to do here. So he and I bumped heads so much so that like an administration for administrator from my company had to like sit in on my classes to be like you're being crazy this is unnecessary this is unnecessary this is unnecessary 
And finally, like, he lightened up after the first show, like, after the Christmas show. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, they did so wonderful. All the parents seem to be so happy with it, you know, that you're doing this. And I was literally like, cool. Then, like, can you stop? Yeah. Just being you. (laughs) I'm really, I'm really lucky right now that in general, I have some really great administrators. I have a principal who truly, I'm, she does trust me. And she wants the show to look good as well. So she's good. like, what, that matters you, a you know, lot. what do you think, Danielle? What can we do? I have, you know, a, a business um, a business manager. She handles the business side of things and operation sides. And she's been with the company for a couple of years. So she knows how to work budgets. Mm-hmm. And she knows kind of what the company as a whole expects from shows. And she's like, listen, if you can, you know, tell me the reasoning why you need X, Y, and Z, and we can work together to find an affordable price for X costumes or X, you know, props, then, like, let's make it happen. So I'm lucky to have them, but oh, I have I become do, a bargain shopper with, like, right, keeping well, my that, but happy. I, <laughs> I do still run into problems here and now where it's like, nope, that's going to be too much money. Like, you got to do something else. And it's like, well, shit, like, where am I going to find, you know, these right. costumes for this class of 35 kids? And so it's right. it's really hard because even the best administrators, if they don't come from an arts background, are, are still going to give you some sort of pushback every once in a while. In general, I'm very lucky and blessed to have who I have right now. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it stays that way. But it it is... It is a hard battle you have to fight because unlike some other subjects, they want you to have everything outlined. Why exactly do you need these costumes? Why exactly do you need this prop? Is this really important? The most uncomfortable meeting I've ever had in my life is trying to explain to an administrator why I needed to buy dance belts. Dance belts are undergarments that boys wear to keep their boy parts in place during dance. And I had a group of boys that like, Took forever to convince them to, like, get into ballet, so they were really into it. So, like, we got to do workshops with several, like, bigger bigger ballet companies here in the city. And so we were doing, like, not even, like, it was probably, like, a five-minute ballet piece. They were super excited. And it was pretty decent. But, like, they needed undergarments. And so, literally, uh, their parents, like, we sent the learn homes, like, these are things you need to get. And the parents were like, we don't even know where to get these things from. I said, Cool. I'm going to send you a size form. We'll order them mm-hmm. from the school. And, you know, we can figure out money or whatever. We had the budget for it. So the, the school was like, we'll pay for it. But then when it came time to balance out our budget at the end of the year, I got called into a meeting. There was like, well, what's a dance belt? And I was like, it's underwear for dancers. Mm-hmm. You're buying underwear for the kids? No, it's not that I'm just buying underwear for kids. It's like it's a specific type of underwear that you need to accommodate for everything. So literally, I'm sitting in this meeting trying to explain the, like, dance underwear. It was the most... Because I'm such a goofball. So, like, I'm having to... I'm trying not to, like, be an asshole about it and just be like, it's underwear that they need to dance. Leave it at that. You know, like, we don't want... uh, We don't want an embarrassing incident where a boy's on stage in tights and there's no protective underwear. You know, like, that's just... So it was, I will never forget that, but because like, I just remember the secretary got it. She caught on very quickly because she started laughing as like, I was just saying the same thing in creative different ways to try to make them understand why this was a necessary purchase. But like, they just were not getting until like, I mean, we ended up buying it. It was fine, but they just kept being like, I don't, why is, what is like, why? And I was just, oh God. And the biggest, the biggest 
thing I've learned and probably the best thing I've ever learned and I'll take with me no matter where I ever go or end up or as I continue to do shows at my school is make it all about the kids. If you can do your first show with a little amount of money and make it good, Mm -hmm. then they're going to be like, here's some more money to do the next show. And you just use it. It's for the kids. Look how great my show was last last semester. Look how Mm -hmm. the parents were so happy. Don't we want that again? And then that's where you're going to be able to get what you need. And it's about if you can show work, good work, they'll give you more resources, more oh, money, yes. more financial resources. But it's a battle that even with the most with the with the administrators that have the best intentions, mm-hmm. whether it be things like dance belts or clothes or deodorant or costumes or props, you're going to have to fight because it's just something that doesn't like it's not on the forefront of people's minds, especially it's in a not. school situation. It's really not. But I think I'll agree with you, too. It's one of those things that when it does become about the kids, that, like, the results are the same. You know, I mentioned this earlier, but, like, the statistically speaking, and I don't have any current statistics for 2018, but, like, I highly doubt this evidence has shifted. The top 10% of most graduating classes of any current class in both high school and middle school, sorry, high school and colleges, are typically art students, students that have some relation to the arts. So they may not be an arts major when it comes to colleges, but typically the students that are graduating at the top of their class when it comes to any collegiate or high school program have some relations to arts. I know that my graduating class, the top 10 students were predominantly band students, music, and I think we had two theater students up there on the stage as well. So like it is just simply commonplace that these that the arts draw the smartest or the well you know the most educated or those more receptive to education um across the board you know like there's studies about like how you know listening to music while you study helps you retain more you know and how dancers are you know typically healthier people like there are constant mm-hmm. studies back and forth uh, just about the wonderful things that come from having arts in schools yeah i mean there's i was literally one of my one of my teacher friends who teaches first grade just po- just tagged me in an article the other day about it was and it was a TED it was like a TED talk about why dance is just as important as math and mm-hmm. there's always been these it's always been there but there are definitely statistics that are way more forward now that yes. um, about how much it does help yes so I definitely say if you are a studio owner or you work in a studio and you want some extra cash try working within your school system. Or even doing partnerships with your school system, mm-hmm. um, studios, like, you know, come in and do an after-school workshop, you know, and it may be an extra headache, but, like, infusing those arts within the school, or even if you're a studio owner, ask your kids about homework, you know, mm-hmm. or how you be, like, while you're waiting for class, get your homework done, things like that. Like, all of those things really make a difference. Yes. So, let's move right along to I'm Sorry What. So... My biggest I'm sorry what moment happened my first day back at one of my schools. Uh, I had two hip-hop classes. My first class is underclassmen, and they were, like, doughy-eyed and terrified of me. And so, like, it literally took me 20 minutes for them to be, like, say their names because they were just terrified. Like, Mm. they just would not move. They saw dance class on their schedules, and they were just like, "Uh uh-uh. So that was ridiculous already. But the best moment is, so I've been at this, this is my second year at this one high school, and 
the upperclassmen that I had, like, I only had two seniors last year. It was all juniors. So now I have my upperclassmen is predominantly all seniors with, like, a handful mm. of juniors. One of my girls walks in. She, first of all, like, mo- kicks open the door. Mata walks into the center of classroom, flips her hair, looks at me over her shoulder. She goes, my summer was great. Let's not waste any more time on that. When are we going to twerk? Oh, my God. I died la- Like, the whole class loses it. And I was like, I well, I want to know how your summer... No, no, no. My summer was well. I want to dance. Like, and everyone... I was like, well, you know, I have to do, like, the intro spill and, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is where we are. This is how you earn your grade. She goes, look around the room. Everyone knows you. And I was like, wait a second. And I really, like, scanned the room. I knew every student in the classroom except for one. And she was like, they've already told me. I'm ready to go. Let's stretch. Oh and I was like, goodness. this is going to be best. And really, I've seen them like three times already. Like, I love that group. They're so much fun. Like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, there's, they're my I'm sorry what moment. It's definitely from that class That's of high school amazing. seniors. Like, I love those guys. Um, I have a class of kindergartners. And there's this little girl in class. And her teacher started telling me, you know, whenever we do, like, dance parties, like, when they kind of need, like, a wiggle break, like, she'll always sing the song. But she sings with this crazy legitimate opera voice <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't heard it and what an I as well for kindergarten because kindergarten does need a break and for kindergarten 45 minutes of dance oh, is, a is a long time so I usually end the class with a dance party and we put just dance on the smart board and mm-hmm. the kid that you know did the best that day gets to come up and pick whatever dance party they want to do and nice. and it just gives them a chance to keep dancing but also a break from me teaching with them yeah they can mentally check out and i i noticed her the first time the other day we we put on a song and everyone was singing and she just went full-on opera voice she's living her best life (laughs) it was the funniest thing i've ever seen and she does it every single time so that was that was really cute yeah i love it so that being said let's segue right on into class shout outs I do not have one because, as you know, there was not an episode last week. Unfortunately, I had a death in the family and I was not up to doing much of anything last week. Um, But I, this weekend is also probably going to be crazy. There's a lot of people in town. So there's a good chance that it might be two more weeks before I can get into class. But that's okay. I I have been going to the gym. So I am still doing my cross training. But like... Gym can happen. I have a 24-hour gym. That can happen at any right. time. Versus trying to get to a dance class and teaching an insane amount of classes. Yeah. Also doesn't help at the moment. No, that's where I've been at, especially since the last two weeks for me have been all these extra classes while teachers have been sick and teachers have been covering and there's been all this kind of stuff going on internally and I've been teaching, you know, six or seven classes a day. I've been exhausted and I have been able to make it to the gym and do my quick little, you know, 30 minutes of of strength training and hit. Um, But I will say that definitely, it's honestly probably going to be like getting in the groove of October, trying to get back to class. Um, I did run a 5K obstacle course race last weekend. So that was... That counts. Um, that counts. I'm going to say it. As someone who's never done super, a marathon, yeah. that counts. That counts. I mean, it was a 5K, and it was like, you know, bouncy houses, but it was super fun. So, same as Tony, I'm still getting, you know, still going to the gym and doing some yoga and getting all my cross training in to make sure that I keep, you know, ready to go for teaching. But 
it's yeah, hard to make a class when you're teaching six or seven a day. It's like, really, it's just, you know, it's really moment. hard. It's really hard. But we will come back soon with some great recommendations. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can also find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point P-Y-T. You can email us at P-Y-T-N-Y-C 29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.